Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 85. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and I have a great conversation to share. This week's guest is John Cooper, vocalist and founding member for the group Skillet, whose new album, Unleashed, arrives in stores this Friday, August 5th, through Atlantic Records. Now, I wanted to have John on the show for a few reasons. One, Skillet is a fantastic rock band, and if you've only ever heard the song Monster, then at least you know how great and cool they can, pop, they can be. The group's been around for 20 years, and they continually deliver game-changing singles with each new album. Secondly, I've been a fan of Skillet for the better part of my life. The group's been together for two decades at this point. I'm about to turn 29 years old, which means I was about eight or nine the very first time I heard one of their songs. As many of you know, I grew up in a conservative Christian household, and Skillet were one of the few quote-unquote rock bands I was able to cling to in my youth. And then as the group started to make their way into mainstream America, it just happened to coincide with my own exposure to the world of mainstream rock and roll and with every step of their career i have had something similar happen in my own life where i feel like i've gotten a little bit more out there a little bit more known in the music industry at large and a little bit more accepted by my peers third i believe skillet to be one of the biggest crossover success stories of all time the band essentially was a worship band when they found it when they were founded in 1996 their first album hey you i love your soul is like an edgy rock version of a worship album and there's nothing wrong with that in fact i think it's kind of a beautiful thing anyone that can find a way to convey their faith as fiercely as this band does through original songs in a world where there are literally hundreds if not thousands of songs about religion and sharing the love of christ or whatever it happens to be Gillett pulls it off in a way that is utterly unique and always interesting. Their new album, Unleashed, is no exception. It rocks as hard as any album in their discography, but it also features what may be the very first praise and worship type song the band has released in nearly 15 years. Fourth, I'm always curious how someone like Skillet moves forward. You know, the band continually reinvents themselves. Every album has a new look, a new sound, a new feel. And I always wanted to step inside John Cooper's head and kind of figure out how it works for him. Now, this conversation I'm going to tell you is a little bit short. The entire thing without this introduction and without the music that we'll play probably runs just over 20 minutes, but it's a it's a strong 20 minutes. I didn't have a lot of time because John and the rest of the group have been touring all over the world, playing festivals, ar- venues, arenas, what have you, to get the word out about Unleashed. And he's similarly busy when it comes to doing press, but he was able to carve out a little bit of time to talk to me, and I knew it wouldn't be as long as the rest of the episodes of Inside Music, but it it's such an opportunity I couldn't say no. So it's a short episode that covers a lot of ground, but I think it's going to not only give you a better understanding of who Skillet are as a band, but why you should make a point to check out Unleashed when it arrives in stores later this week. Before we get there, I do have a couple of quick things I want to run over with you. First and foremost, this episode of Inside Music, like all episodes of Inside Music, is brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution company. And what that means is that Holix works with record labels, publicists, managers, and independent artists from all over the world to share new and unreleased music without fear of piracy. To make things even better, this weekend, August 5th through the 7th, Holix is updating the entire platform to offer a new experience for clients and journalists alike. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. You should also be following this show on Twitter. Yes, a podcast with a Twitter account is certainly no new idea, but we have an account and we'd love for you to join the conversation. We're at Inside Music Pod. That's at Inside Music P-O-D. And that's not a reference to the band. I'm just helping you spell. Third, I need you to go out this Friday and buy the new Skillet album. I know I talk a lot about the musical guests on the show and how much I love their records, but Skillet is in a league all their own. 
There are very few rock bands today who can say they've been together for 20 years and even less that can say they've been together for all that time and the music that they are creating today is perhaps as relevant as anything they have ever laid to tape. Skillet is a band that is constantly working to not only push themselves forward, but rock as a whole, and Unleashed is a bold statement about where rock could be going in the future. I think you're going to love it. I know I do. I'm going to play a little bit of it for you right now, and then I'm going to get to my conversation with John. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Target on my back, lone survivor last. They got me in the sides. No surrender, no trigger fingers go Living the dangerous life Hey, 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 every day when I wake I'm trying to get up, they're knocking me down Hey, 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 when I need to be saved You're making me strong, you're making me stand Shot like a rocket up into the sky Nothing can stop me tonight You make me feel For, uh, finding a few minutes to talk to me. Oh, of course, absolutely. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling? You we're in the final days leading up to the album right now. <laughs> Ooh, it's always busy, <laughs> but uh, you know I'm feeling great. You know it's it, it's exciting to be um, promoting a record that I'm excited about, and uh, I am very very excited about the record. So that that part of it feels great. I love talking about the album. So I don't mind doing it, but I am a little sleepy. <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys have been pl- touring pretty heavily this summer, haven't you? Yeah, you know, I think what really did it in for us was uh, we've been going to Europe and Russia and just overseas in general a lot in the last few years. And uh, we basically finished the record. We started doing the assets, you know, like we did the photo shoot and video and then a whole bunch of other stuff. And then straight away, we went to Europe and Russia for about six weeks. And we came back, and three days later, we started touring America, and we had to do more videos. And I think that's what really did it. But like I say, hey, we're playing new songs. People are loving the new music, which is uh, just a big relief. (laughs) A rock star is not supposed to say it's relief. It's not a relief. I knew they'd like it. Yeah, I saw your, I watched your Pink Pop performance. I know that was a little bit ago now, but I, I saw that because it was online. Oh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> that was a fun one. I was actually going to ask you, I know you just played this festival, but it's been a long time. I've been a fan of the band for a long time, and the first first big show I remember seeing you at was the Alive Festival, and you guys were just there, like, well, the last week, right? Yeah, that's a, yeah, absolutely. You've, yeah, do you like that festival? It seems like you've done it, you've at least done it a few times that I know of. Oh, yeah, gosh, uh, eight, nine, ten times. Yeah, absolutely. We've um, always had a great show there. And, and Ohio in general, you know, Mid-America is great for rock music. So, uh, yeah, good feeling. Yeah, I, I don't remember. My family used to take me when I, was, when I was younger. I definitely went probably maybe right before Alien Youth came out because I remember the, all the Alien Youth CDs, like the CD singles that you would give away that had the song and right. the album sampler. I had like a dozen of those after my trip to a live festival. Wow. <laughs> no, longtime fan. I, this is our first time ever doing an interview, but I grew up in a household where Hey You, I Love Your Soul was like on repeat all the time. 
Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so now as I write about music and I get to, you know, call home and tell my dad what I'm working on and stuff, he'll always, like when you guys announce a new album, he'll be like, have you heard that Skillet record yet? Like, how's, how's that album sound? That's, that's what he wants to know about what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, no, and I think he's going to be happy with the new record. I'm definitely happy with the new record. I am curious, you know, coming off Rise, which felt so, uh, felt very weighted with emotion. It was very emotionally driven, I felt. Like, what what was your mindset going into Unleashed? Like, what was your approach to this record that was maybe different than the last album? Sure. Yeah, you know, I think that, that, that that's exactly uh, what you said. What I felt was best about Rise was that, that, emotion and it felt very uh you know i don't want to say important i don't know if it's the right word poignant maybe um you know big issues talking about things that mattered kind of like a little bit of a hey we can't ignore this there's a lot going on and on to be 100 percent honest i just found myself getting really burned out from that feeling it was almost like it was almost like watching a you know braveheart or something like <laughs> Braveheart's my favorite movie of all time, but it's not something I can watch every day. And uh, I just felt like I wanted to make an album that was just a little more lighthearted, something I could turn on when I go for a run uh, and, and you know work out or go on a drive and, and just enjoy listening to without having to think so much and it being so emotionally heavy. And so uh, we set out to do uh, Unleash, and I just said, I, as my, me and my wife were writing, I just said, let's just write what we're feeling and uh just have some fun and that's what we did on the record I, I like that man now I, i'm always curious you know uh this year is 20th anniversary of skillet I and mean, when you when you put that in perspective and you're going into writing an album do you think about do you think about how you're going to push everything forward or do you try to look at each album as kind of its own event well certainly you want to, to try new things and uh and it has been a long time and 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 there, I think there have been some people like some people that have kind of wondered, hey, you know, maybe am, am I, am I going to really miss the fact that that this record is different or whatever? And I think it's good to just switch it up, you know. So certainly, we, it does, you know, cross your mind to try some new things and go, hey, what's our way forward? If we just keep making the same record over and over, it's going to get old. And that's why we've always tried to uh, to kind of keep it fresh. But thing is, honestly, I really love writing music, and I love—I uh, just love a lot of different kinds of music. And you can, of course, hear that throughout the band's history. We've tried a lot of different genres, or and just added little things in. And that kind of comes because I just love a lot of different things. And 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 then, of course, my wife's influence is different than mine. We wrote a lot of songs on this record together, the most we've ever written. And uh, she comes from a very much more like alternative indie uh new wave kind of you know elements and i'm kind of from a metal background so you know putting it together was kind of quite fun on this record what was the significance of deciding to go back to brian house for this record i know it's been about a decade since you guys did an album together so why why yeah. now oh man you know when we made our um gosh that's loud isn't it i'm sorry hold on Got this truck passing me so loud. Sorry, I'm, uh, we we just arrived at the hotel and I'm outside so I could get some privacy. And now it's like the loudest truck ever. Um, 
our comatose record that we made with Brian is my favorite Skillet album. And that's probably for lots of different reasons, but one of those reasons was just, it was our first uh, kind of real budget we ever made, you know, on a record. And we had, we had some money to spend and, and it sounded really good. Working with Brian was uh, so great. Uh, my first time working with a, a songwriter um, as a producer. And so he kind of helped me tweak some of the songs and, it just was such an exciting record. And then some producers, um, some producers don't really like getting into the, like the details of the songs, like adding guitar parts in where you don't really need one, but it might be fun to hear something new, you know, <laughs> some producers yeah. are always like, Oh, you don't need all that. And they keep, you know, rushing you out of the studio. And Brian was, he, he loved all that stuff as much as I did. So it just ended up being for Skillet, I think, our, our most artistic record, and I really enjoyed it. So we really wanted to work with Brian again after Comatose, but he, he ended up getting signed to some sort of label deal, and he could only do a, a very limited number of outside label tracks, so we couldn't work with him. So we wrote together, but we didn't, he didn't produce anything, and so he kind of came available. We came available, and I was just really, really excited. So... uh Anyway, that's how we kind of got that back on, uh, got that back on track because uh, which schedules worked out. I always felt, I feel like you do. I feel like Comatose was kind of a special record because I feel like Collide was really this album that put you on, put you on, you know, kind of the national stage in a way that the previous albums hadn't really made possible. That you'd kind of been building up to for a while, and then Comatose hit, and it was like, okay, now you're officially in a different league of rock, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that there was something about Comatose that that just felt like it was a really uh, it was it was a new season, and uh, some of that also, you know, everybody has different. I mean, like you talk to some fans right now, they'd be really mad. They say, "No, Comatose is when it all got ruined." <laughs> of course, some people really really loved Collide because Collide was more of a metal record. That was a heavier record. Yeah, very and, heavy. Uh, so, yeah, Comatose was very uh, slick and and a little more pop, but we at the same time it had a little bit of a, a goth thing to it, you know, and a lot of theatrics and uh, all the strings. And we started the strings on Collide, but I think we really honed into that skill of sound on Comatose. So that was part of why I wanted to work with Brian too, is uh, you know all those things. Well, one thing I've always found so fascinating about your music is that anytime a new album cycle starts, like, you can anticipate that you're gonna you're gonna catch me off guard in some way. There's something every time Skillet comes around, there's a little bit of a reinvention to what's going on, and that keeps things very exciting. Right. But at this point, you know, when you're going into an album like Unleash, and you know you're coming up on that two decade mark, is do you catch yourself being like, "Have we done this before?" Is there every time where you're like, "Wait, <laughs> wait, have I have I gone this way yet?" Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean. I, I try to not so overthink it that it's like mental, you know, but yeah, certainly there are things that, that even that we would try and people go, oh, really, you know, are they going to do this or this? And, and I go, Hey, it's not like it's really that far off from what we've done in the past. You know, it's, um, you just have little twists. Sometimes a very little twist can go a long way. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah. I mean, I think for me, the goal isn't necessarily doing something brand new. The goal is to, that it just feels fresh in some kind of a way. And sometimes that might mean that something comes back around. You know, for instance, when we did our Collide record, if you, if you go all the way back to our history, 
Collide was a little bit of returning to how we started because our first record was a grunge, you know, kind of late post grunge rock as what I call it, kind of like mid nineties, like Bush and Stone Temple Pilots and uh, that kind of music. Uh, I call it post grunge. I don't know what it's called. And, uh, and then we kind of started dabbing into electronica and industrial. And then when Collide came out, it was almost a return to the, to the beginning guitar rock metal, which, uh, which I love. And so I, I just think it's just got to keep it fresh in some kind of a way. Well, I mean, I think that that's what keeps things interesting. I mean, I, I always like to look at bands that have had the kind of career Skillet has and be like, what do they do to stay on the radar? And it almost, in Skillet's case, it's, you keep kind of raising your profile because I feel like every time a new Skillet album cycle comes around, there's always a few more people talking about it. You know what I mean? Where the, the hype behind it, I see coming from some new place where I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that they talked, that they covered Skillet or that this is a this is an area where Skillet had got already penetrated. And then they're like, they're you know heralding whatever you're doing next. And I'm like, if only they knew how much work these guys already have out there in the world you know sometimes some bands str <laughs> some bands struggle to make it always feel new and maybe it's maybe it's the reinvention process or maybe it's just growing profile but i feel like there's this constant kind of buzz behind skill like the world is still discovering it it's like this keeps spreading <laughs> well you know what i think the part is partially responsible for that and um is the fact that I think it's because Skillet have, uh, happens to be, we've been around for a really long time, but we, we are, every record we gain new fans. And I think that's, but in the end, it's going to be songs that people either like or they don't like. And it doesn't really matter if it sounds like Collide or if it sounds like Alien Youth. Or if it's, in the end, they're going to respond if they like a song or not. And so Skillet keeps getting new young fans. And a lot of those young fans, you know, maybe they weren't even alive when the first record came out, you know? <laughs> and so the more, uh, the more we keep getting new listeners, it kind of will reignite some of the, the people that used to like the band. They're like, Oh, they're still around. I'll, maybe I'll check this out and that kind of thing. So I think that's the reason that, um, Skillet kind of keeps refreshing. And I also think that we, we, the way that we write our songs will tend to change. You know, we kind of, they just stay, hope we try to stay fresh up with what's happening, not just the sound, but just the way the songs are written and what, what you're talking about. You know, lyrics are very, a lot of people don't realize that lyrics are also trend driven. You know, it's, if you look at lyrics from the eighties, they're very different than lyrics from the nineties. I mean, look at, look at eighties, uh, the eighties rock world was, you know, typical lyric would be girls, 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 Motley Crue or something, you know, and, then you look at the 90s and, and there's been a, 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 an extreme shift in the way people write lyrics. And, and all of a sudden the glam of the 80s and the, the excess of the 80s and the, and the bravado of that time kind of left into the nothingness of the 90s. And uh, that just keeps changing. And we're not a band that keeps writing the same thing over and over. So I think that's the reason that it'll kind of feel like all of a sudden something new has happened with the new fan base. What kind of advice do you give when you when you play like a festival or something, and there are these younger bands that are trying to figure out? Especially, I'm always I'm always you know I, I come from the contemporary Christian world of the '90s and the early 2000s, where like that was a that was a scene or a market unto itself, and nowadays everything's a little bit more jumbled together. So I'm always curious, like what advice do you give to young artists who are coming up to you and like how did you do it? How did you become someone that everyone cares about and not just you know this market? 
Oh, not just the Christian market. Yeah, well, yeah. How did you? How, oh, what advice do you I give to get getting beyond that? Because I always, you know, I, I have a lot of people that were either are still around or were around during that late '90s, early 2000s when contemporary Christian music was really its own movement unto itself, and not that it isn't anymore. But there is a lot more blurred lines in a lot of ways for some artists, and Skillet's one of the more predominant ones of that blurred line area. So I'm always curious, like, sure. what, what advice do you give to people about how you how you manage to do that? Well, I do think it's ever-changing, and I think the skillet's in a bit of a, a in some ways, a kind of a different place, because when we started, there was, as you said, the Christian marketplace was really more its own, and uh, once, well, it's hard, in other words, starting a band now is so different than, than you know, 10 years ago, that it might be a little hard to say. Probably the best advice I have for people is just to to write write music that you're passionate about, and whether that means that you're a, a, a you know in the Christian music industry alone, or whether it means you're in the the secular music uh, industry alone, or some mixture of the two. You know, I, I think that uh, you just have to be honest about who you are, and and frankly, one of the things I, I do think it's a little different for us, as I've already mentioned, but. One of the things that I think really worked for Skillet, surprisingly, is that we were one of the first Christian crossover bands that was never embarrassed about being a Christian band. And everybody said that I should be embarrassed about it and I shouldn't talk about it. And, uh, you know, kind of like, frankly, stop talking about Jesus or you're never going to make it in this industry. And we just refused to do that. And I think because we refused to do that, I think that more people liked us for it. I don't mean Christian people. I mean, even in the, the mainstream world, I think they were kind of like, uh, like I would go in, for, I would go in for radio when Monster was out and it was a really big radio song. I would go into a secular station and they would look at me kind of, they would start the interview. I'm here with John from Skill. Now, John, I hear you guys are a Christian band. I just have no idea what Christianity and rock has to do together. Tell me that can't be the case. That'd be their first question on the air. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and my first answer would be, hey, thanks for having us. Absolutely, we are a Christian band. Boom, it's done, you know? Yeah. And then they were like, oh. Okay. Okay, you know? <laughs> and, you, know when, you know, it's hard to make fun of someone when they don't care, right? Exactly. So I think that when you're honest about who you are and you're not embarrassed about it, and, and, and hey, if it costs us record sales, to be unashamed for Jesus, that's fine, right? <laughs> Record sales don't have, mean anything compared to being true to your faith. So, uh, so that's not why you do it. I'm just saying I think it's important for all these young artists to realize that that uh, they just have to be honest about who they are and and you know see what doors open. No, I, I think that that's great advice, and I think you're absolutely right. It is it is something that I didn't realize that it wasn't kind of that it wasn't contemporary Christian music at the time wasn't something that like everyone was as up on as I was until I got out of college. Well, I was in college for music business and so, and I would, people would be like, who did you grow up listening to? And I'd rattle off this list of bands that I thought were the biggest bands in the world. And I would just be met with these blank stares. And I was like, Oh, I guess I'm, I guess I was part of a different club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where I was, where, like, oh, you, it's really weird, isn't it? It, it is. It's only it, true. It is. You know, I, I you know, band, even groups like the Newsboys, who were massive in that marketplace, you'd be like, you had, you didn't all grow up listening to "Take Me to Your Leader" all the time, and there'd be just blank stares, and I'm like, that, that was my whole world. 
definitely. It's, it's kind of interesting to see how that how that market has kind of grown and changed. That's why when I saw you guys were at a live festival, I was like that. That was one of those places where I would go and you know meet, see all those bands that I, I learned later were only were not as big as I thought they were on like a, on a massive scale. But to me, they will always mean the entire world. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that's yeah. what I think. That's I think that's something that's so you know incredible about the Skillet legacy is that you, you are this beacon of being able to carry that. You carry that torch no matter where it's taken you, and that's something that I always have respected to no end. Oh, cool! Thank you very much. Um, I do. I do. I told my father I'm going to see him. That my wedding is this weekend, and I'm I'm going to go home and see him this week. And I, I told him we were doing this interview, and he asked me to ask you this. And feel free not to answer if you don't want to. But he he wanted to know if there was ever a chance of another ardent worship release. <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> That's what I told him. I was like, Dad, it's been like 16 years. That album can drive. That's really, really funny. <laughs> every once in a while, somebody asks me that. Not often, because you know, not many people even knew that record. But, right, uh, it's a hard one to find. But, but it is, it is. But probably, probably like our song "Stars" on the new record. That's probably as close as, as you're going to get to it. Which uh, it's funny to mention that because we we wrote "Stars." We really wanted to have a worship song on this record. We hadn't done it since probably Alien Youth. And uh, we were like, you know what? We're going to have to find the right one. It's very hard to write a worship song that a rock band could play. And that's why we, we ended up with Stars, which is very worshipful, but also kind of moody and, and a little, yeah, I don't know, poppy, but it's a little dark sounding. So anyway, tell them, unfortunately not, but Stars will have to do. <laughs> stars will have to do. I think he'll be... Completely satisfied. I tell you, my favorite song. I I am kind of st- stuck between Lions and Undefeated. I, I think both those are my favorite tracks on the record. Lions, oh, especially something really about cool. Lions, was the first one that I was just like, I, I came back to it. That was the repeat button for me. Oh, that's great to hear. I'm really glad about that. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, man. I know that you're incredibly busy. Uh, oh no, it was great to chat with you. No, I, I was hoping we could make this happen, and Kevin, your your PR guy, was happy enough to throw it together for me in like 24 hours. notice. I was like, I'm leaving for my wedding this weekend. Does John have time in the next two days to have a conversation <laughs> with me? And he was like, I can do that, I think. And so I'm, I'm glad we could make well, this I'm happen. Well, I'm glad it worked out, and uh, congratulations, man. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much, man. You guys, I'm in Minneapolis right now. You guys are here sometime, I think, in September, so when you roll through, I'll see you then. Oh, good. Yeah, bring your uh, your... Yeah. Your uh, new you you newlyweds come out and uh, hang out. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I'm, I'm excited to see the show again, and I uh, wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks very much. I'll hopefully see you soon. All right, have a great day, man. All right, later.